You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. All right, Ian, so let's just get started. Uh, first question is, um, as far as the discipline of bettering yourself, uh, was looking so handsome just natural for you, or was it something you really had to work on? Um, I think I just got really lucky with parents, first of all. Mom and dad are stunning. No, um, I just, uh, well, I got Invisalign when I graduated college, so that was very helpful. I want to talk about the daily disciplines that you go through to keep you going. Because in your case, you know, your story, you know, you got out of college and pretty soon after you booked that show. It wasn't the story of, you know, I, I grinded, I grinded, I grinded, and then I got the show. Talk about getting the show and then eventually leaving and how you kept chasing the dream and not being uh, content or even expectant that, okay, now it's just going to happen. Um, well, specifically with Mamma Mia, I did, I was in that show for two years and there was you know, you, you you dream of being on Broadway and when you get it and you're lucky enough to be in a show that is a hit and had been running for a very, very long time up until that point, it was one of those things that like, um, and that is a New Yorker on the street, if you can hear him, kids. Anyway, uh, but I got there and I sat in that for two years and in those two years learned a lot. I was very young. I was turning 21 when I was doing this show, but I was very lucky and fortunate to have a group of people who had either been there before, super seasoned, really funny. There was like such a level of family that like the two, I needed those two years. I did a lot of growing up. It was like, I call Broadway like my Broadway college and I mean, Mamma Mia, my Broadway college. And when I decided to leave, 
that was when I was antsy and I was feeling like I am ready now because I was auditioning and callbacks for this and that and like stuff wasn't clicking because energetically I wasn't putting out I want other stuff because I was still sitting in the show and so I felt like I had to make a change and I left and I went to go do a movie and I made the Rock of Ages movie down in Florida and that was a huge game changer because all of a sudden I went from a theater and New York uh, energy and environment to a commercial dance and on set for a movie, a high big budget film starring Tom Cruise, Alec Baldwin, you know, and it was great because I got to enjoy that and then I decided to move to LA. And when I lived in LA, I was like, I wanna try to pursue this other commercial side of um, dancing that I grew up doing, so let me see if I can do that and like did really well over there, had a lot of fun, but in turn, got an audition for Leap of Faith on Broadway and then I booked that as a swing and dance captain and that brought me back to New York after I was living in LA for a few months. And so during all of that, I just knew I was like, I'm looking for fun. As long as I'm still doing stuff that brings me to fun, I'll be okay. And I think that's what was helpful about deciding to go and do the commercial thing, moving to LA, released any sort of like grip I had on New York stuff and this sort of expected gift I'm supposed to be getting or you know what I mean and so like it allowed for it allowed it allowed for stuff to come to me in a very organic way that was meant to be mine in that you know sort of you don't have to work for it it's either there for you or it's not and I'd say from leap of faith on all I, I, I sort of got a groove of finding the fun in the meanwhile because everything you do in that meanwhile really really adds up and it's not just the highlight reel of when you book and when you're in that show that you think people are gonna want, like, it's important to keep doing your work. I kept taking dance classes, I was taking acting classes, and I started taking my on-camera stuff in, in LA, and that brought back my love of acting that I've been doing. And, um, and my friends and I were such a close group of wanting to be successful, like, kids or, you know, people, that I think having that support system and seeing people be like, I'll help you, let's do that self-tape together, like, let's work on our craft together was, probably the most helpful thing uh, at keeping me going. Tell us your most just horrendous transportation story ever from New York City. Okay, well I'll tell you, <clears throat> I just told this story to my cast a couple days ago. I was in Miami on Broadway and this is sort of a Ian growing up and transportation story, so you're getting two for one right now. But I had overslept on a Sunday, and I woke up and I saw it was 1.30, and I thought, I'm dreaming. That can't be 1.30. I'm not waking up late. I went back to bed. Two minutes later, I was like, it's 1.30 on a Sunday. I have a matinee. So I jumped out of bed. I was, well, uh, house-sitting somewhere, and... I run and get in a cab, and then I'm like, I'm gonna call my stage manager. And I call my stage manager, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be like five minutes late. And she's like, okay, we'll see you in a bit. <laughs> I call her back, because I am in dead traffic on 14th and 8th, and then I'm like, Sherry, I'm so sorry, I'm actually, I just got in a cab. She goes, why would you get in a cab if you're coming from 50th and 8th, because she knew where I lived. And I was like, I started crying, and I was like, I'm actually not at that spot, like I'm on 14th and 8th, da, da, da. and she like hung up on me, and she was like, we're putting on the swing, just we'll see you later and I remember one I thought I was gonna lose my job and two I hated the taxi and bus service at that time I was just like that is this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you um, you know and it all worked out fine I got to my show the next uh, the next show and my stage manager just kind of like laughed at me but 
So I want to talk about in fitness, you know, it's common for people to say your fitness is not owned, it's rented and rent is due every day. Uh, I want to talk about in your artistic career, uh, someone who's inspired you or kind of mentored you by showing you uh, what it's like to pay that rent every day or to have that discipline or good habits um, that are going to take you to that next level um, because you know greatness is a bunch of small acts that are accumulated and built up into one so tell me about that person and just what they uh, what they did for you um, I'd say that person was you actually um, I had just gotten off of uh, recovering from back surgery and that was due to just being on a rake stage for two years in Mamma Mia and just heavily, heavily active in dance classes. And I remember deciding, I was like, I want to come back from this injury 100%, even more knowledgeable about my body than I ever was. And you came into my life and you kind of are the person who I tell when people, like friends ask me about my fitness journey, who is my inspiration and essentially gave me the discipline about what you just said is like, it's hard work every day your results you see as you keep working hard every day. It's not like if I just do this one thing once or twice, like I'm gonna reap that benefit for the year, you know what I mean? Um, and I was way more uh, interested in just longevity. So I remembered after that surgery and we started working together, you brought in movement that I had never done before and I was scared to do because after an injury, like all you're thinking of is I'm scared to do that again or I had this injury so I know I can't do this but like after a while you kind of have to retrain your body to make sure it can do that thing and I think we did that pretty well um, I think my comeback was pretty great um, I mean four months after that surgery and we, we had started working together I booked my next Broadway show or one of my other Broadway shows and that was the first audition I had ever danced at since that recovery period and we started working together and um, on top of all that you introduced like health and nutrition and sort of how 80% of what goes into that you know gym work is food and I was way more knowledgeable about that I feel like now I am in control of my day-to-day rituals with food which I think used to just be uh, guessing games or oh I can get away with this because I'm 21 or you know when you're young it's just like you can eat as much as you want and it doesn't show or this or that it doesn't make you feel and so that was important for me because now when I prep for a role or if I'm trying to just stay in shape like you said everything in the meanwhile adds up if I'm not in a show and I need to stay looking like I've been in one you know that has been something really fun because it's this hour and a half maybe two depending on what you programmed for me to do at a gym but it's those two hours of time for me that I have immense focus and it's like therapy now it's turned into it's turned into a dance class on top of the dance classes that I take on top of the voice lessons and it just became this additive like extra knowledge um, and I feel like you're probably one of the most knowledge- knowledgeable people when it comes to fitness so I was really lucky to get you from like the ground up before you started built for the stage um, and I feel very lucky to be one of your I don't know I guess could, could you say like 
number one client. I don't know, whatever that wording is. But uh, yeah, there are other people. But in terms of fitness, I'd say it's you. All right. So uh, if you're listening, I did not pay him or prompt him to say that. Uh, we're sitting here looking at the Empire State Building. Uh, you bought me coffee. You bought me coffee. I bought him coffee. Okay. So that's maybe maybe I did bribe him a little bit on that. But no, I was not expecting him to say me. Um, but yeah, I was very shocked. But- So I just want to talk about a little bit about how fitness can parallel or relate to things in like your everyday life. Um, so for me, like so many times, I'm in the midst of living life and I'm like, wow, this is just like the gym where I'm experiencing X, Y, or Z. You know, I don't want to tell my story, but that's kind of what I'm asking here is how this fitness life benefits you in real life. Um, I think those two hours of uh, focus and, and just the training every day bleeds into everything else you do. You're like, okay, well, if I'm going to do that with the gym, you're like, I have to wake up at a certain time. I have to eat a certain way if I want to see the results I want to see. And then it turns into, I put that amount of focus in that. And you're like, oh, I can quote unquote do anything if I just put my mind to it. And Now I'd say ever since that has been something that I do like by myself and I don't even need a personal trainer anymore, my auditioning has gotten better. The work and focus I put into my uh, sides and and self-tapes specifically and that kind of thing, I think I used to be very scared of because it was sort of a guessing game and sort of like I'm just doing it now that I'm not, it's not a full practice. It's not an everyday thing that I know and like your dance classes, like with training, if you don't do it every day, it doesn't it doesn't seep into you, you know what I mean? And it doesn't bleed into the rest of your life. So I feel like fitness for me has been, I guess you could say the metaphor of focus, 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 and you will see that thing you're putting energy into come back to you tenfold or something like that. So I know that you're a talented actor, obviously, and dancer and performer, uh, but you know, like most of us, we're artists first, and I know that you aspire to write, choreograph, uh, direct. You like that other side of the table as well. Um, tell me about someone that, like, currently in the biz that you are kind of a, you know, a fan of and that you uh, would love to, like, follow in those footsteps or be, like that kind of performer that transferred over to that other side of the table? Uh, Easiest person to say um, is Joe Mantello. He is that perfect balance of great director. I really, really love the work he does. I respect the work he does. And on top of that, he also gets to be an actor. And he um, was in the original uh, Normal Heart, Arm Broadway, as well as Angels in America. And he was in the movie Normal Heart and reprised his role. And like to, to essentially be the actor he is and get to direct and be in the business, but still be able to walk down the street and get a cup of coffee and not really have to quote unquote be recognized. I think that's kind of cool because you're like, well, I'm directing Meryl, but I don't need the paparazzi on me like Meryl. You know what I mean? And so I want to be the artist who gets to be around those artists, creates at that level 
that fun, exciting, new work, but isn't so in the media that like it hinders my everyday life. Um, yeah. What do you particularly like about his uh, style, like on the other side of the table? Not his acting so much, but what you've seen uh, in his directing or the projects that he's worked on. Um, wow. I mean, I have actually never worked with him, so it's not like I can say what I know. Yeah, but like, what I think, you know, what did I see that I loved? Boys in the Band. I think the projects he ends up directing are so well done. I think he brings out really real performances. So, Wicked for me. Some people, I guess you could call fluff, but like it was and is so good and is doing as good as it still is because he created a machine that was real. He, he, he had authentic, he had actors saying lines that weren't just, we're doing musical theater and so like they have to be musical theatery or whatever. I think that tends to happen is like there's a level of well, I'm on stage and I'm acting, so it's it's not real, but it's like, but you need to be real in this moment. And I think he cultivates performances that are so in the moment uh, that as an audience member, you're so connected to and you leave crying. You know what I mean? That show is perfectly staged. It's perfectly designed for you to, to invoke the most emotional response out of an audience member ever. Yes. Yeah. So that moment of I'm not watching the show, I'm in the show yeah. uh, as relating an relating to the person on stage. I'm I'm deeply connected, and and when it's done, you don't feel like you saw a musical theater show. You you felt like you saw actors who just had to start singing because there was no other way of communicating, and it didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel put on. Yeah. So just sticking with that theme of like a day-to-day -day grind of fitness and paying rent every day, um, who's someone that you've worked with in a show that their process or their professionalism uh, or just the way they went about things was infectious or that something where it was like, wow, I, I want to carry myself exactly like this person she she or he is taking me to another level uh carolee carmelo for sure um she was the donna when i joined mama me on broadway and she did it with me for about another like year and a half after that and her level of uh just professionalism the way she led us as a company she was you know you could say she was very by the numbers um but that only means that like she did the same thing every day there was never a note that faltered the you know she it's it was really great to watch because there was a level of assurity and a level of professionalism that just enhanced her her incredible talent she's an amazing amazing singer amazing actress and and the way she commanded that stage and essentially did the same thing every day. It was really beautiful to watch because you're like, that, that is crazy discipline. You know what I mean? And there's also that, that, you know, that being said, there's a beauty in seeing an actor who maybe is a little bit more like, well, I'm gonna walk over here this time when I say that line and, and see how that, what that brings out in them. Um, 
and I think I'm kind of one of those actors that like I like to set something but if I'm feeling something in that moment like you know I let the, the scene sort of direct me I don't want to be directing myself in the scene if that makes any sense um, but Carol Lee was someone who when I first joined the Broadway experience I think she was a great <laughs> professor, you know? And I just finished doing a show actually at uh, Atlantic Theater Company where Theo Stockman, who played our Steve Rebell in the Ain't No Disco, he every day had the same uh, time he got there, the way he did his hair, the way he changed his walk backstage. There were moments where he was like, he doesn't talk to anybody. He sat in his corner, he got into his emotional state. And those things, which I also know, but seeing into practice and seeing someone do it is just that constant reminder of like, yeah, that, that's why that's reading. That's why that's getting um, acclaim. Yeah, it's, it's that consistent day in and day out where it's one thing to do it every once in a while or it's one thing to be, you know, hitting it four out of seven shows or four out of eight or whatever. But there's another thing where it's like, I don't even have to look at this person because I know that what they're supposed to be doing or what they do to get ready to do what they do, they're going to be doing it. And in fitness and exercise and nutrition, you know, a lot of the times you need that little uh, uh, mix up in your eating or you need that little change in your routine to maybe take you over a plateau or whatever. But for the most part in fitness and in nutrition, if it's uh, not broke, or if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it, as they say. Um, so that ritual that no matter – it's like brushing your teeth. I'm going to get up and I'm going to brush my teeth because that's what I do because I want my teeth to be clean or look good or not get cavities or, or uh, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make myself coffee. Yeah. You know, first thing, no questions asked. Yeah. That's been one of the beautiful things about creating. I've been lucky enough to have done some like world premiere stuff where as you're creating this show, what is set, and especially on this last project I just did, that This Ain't No Disco, you know, our director and choreographer really trusted us. And on our first day, they were like, we've hired this group and we want you to, yes, do what we tell you, but make choice. We, in, we are asking of you and giving you permission to decide on stage as the actor you are, what you feel and how that um, influences your choices, you know what I mean? And, and where you move. And that was a beautiful thing because then as you decide to do what you're going to do and as it becomes set, because it's not, gonna, it's not like it's changing every day, but once we froze the show, it froze in a place where we all naturally, organically found that place. It wasn't like, okay, well, you're going to go to six because it looks the best. It was like, well, no, we found what organically felt the most real to real in that moment. And that's what I think makes a show the most fun because you're like, oh, well, we found this thing. And as long as we get to still play in that world that was uh, found together and, and set in that way, you're never going to feel bored. Right on. So what do you think about David Letterman's uh, recent comeback on Netflix? And did you see the Jay-Z episode? And if you did, he's saying yes, he did. 
Um, if you did, what uh, what were like some of the moments that maybe stuck out if you can remember? Because I can remember watching it and being like, wow, like David's showing a whole new side of himself. And at the same time, Jay-Z's like, yo, I'm not just Beyonce's husband or just like some guy that hit it big like 10 years ago, but I'm actually relevant to our culture today. At that, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. That was the biggest thing for me is you know, you're like, okay, this human created an empire and has made quite a name for himself. And that doesn't just come from him just being a good rapper. You know what I mean? Like that is him, like you said, with practice, pushing, doing stuff every day that makes that dream become a reality. Um, and hearing him, hearing him talk, I remember his answer is there was opinion behind there. And I remember thinking like, I didn't think that's what he would say or he, uh, I think he mentioned, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he was talking about the help he's doing with um, inner city kids and sort of bringing like awareness to that. And, and I think we all forget that like with a lot of fame in the area of expertise you work in, you just think that that's there, that's all you're doing. And what I love about this Dave Letterman show that's bringing a, more awareness with the artists we follow or the actors that are coming on as his guests is that 20% of their work is what we know them for, which is being a star, a rapper, director, whatever. And then 80% is like philanthropy and how they're essentially trying to change the world and make it better. And what is the legacy they're going to leave behind that changes and helps the rest of mankind. And that was really fun because I feel like Jay-Z isn't just, you know, twiddling his thumbs and making tracks. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. There's more to him than just just the music. Um, so on that, like as an actor, it can be characterized as like a very uh, selfish profession or it almost, you know, it has to be in the sense of like you are your business. You. Um, so, so often you can be uh, consumed with that in that sense. So it's speaking on like philanthropy and being something more than just who you are in this business, um, you know, what things do you try to do, uh, whether it's with friends or your city or, or whatnot that maybe uh, has been important to you um, on a day-to-day basis or something that you've recently done? Um, <clears throat> I feel kind of, I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is like, I tend to be the life coach for a lot of my friends. Like I tend to be the one who's in the group in a new cast. And if I'm meeting people for the first time, like I I become their guru. There's something about the way I just kind of am there for them to listen to. And all I end up doing is just reaffirming what they're telling me. I think that's what makes a great, yeah, sure. Listener, but also just they, you know, the joke is my a friend of mine on my last show was like, oh, Ian, you're my guru. Like, I need a life coach moment with you is what she would always say before we would talk. And as flatter, as, it was super flattering and also like, yeah, I, I love doing that because I also, I think there's like a, an innate teacher in me. Um, but the irony is that I'm not teaching them anything they don't already know. I'm just hearing what they're saying and I'm telling them back it is okay to go do what it is you're asking me you want to go do or feel and we kind of just like we we sift through the ego that them telling themselves they can't either express what they're thinking or they can't do that thing and I end up being the person who's essentially just like 
go do that thing, you have every right to, and the thing you're searching for, you already have. Um, that tends to be like my biggest message. Uh, and so right now, until I become, I don't know, the next Andrew Reynolds and <laughs> can donate a million of my own dollars, I tend to really enjoy uplifting my friends and making them feel as empowered as possible. I think that's sort of a gift of mine. I 100% agree. It's funny too, like when you do that and you're pouring out to others, how much it's pouring into you at the same time. And uh, yeah, it's like, I wish more people would realize that practice and how much it benefits both sides. If I didn't do theater and I was just asked this a month ago, like if you couldn't do this anymore, like what would you do? I could see myself being uh, a life coach or you know, if in, in the perfect world, in my dream reality, it would be being a host on a television show where that's what I do, where I talk about people and I, I want you to tell me your experience and how you got to where you got, what are the soulful self like realizing things that helped shape you and keep you going. And that would be like the mantra of Ian of like selling that. Cool. Ian, the guru. On ABC, APM. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So just to wrap it up, uh, one final question on just like, I guess a running theme in this conversation between uh, you and uh, myself has just been that day in and day out, the paying the rent every day, the driving factor that keeps you doing the things that you need to do even when you don't feel like doing them. Uh, what is that one thing or, or at least one of the major things in your life that keeps you chasing the dream, keeps you wanting to uh, aspire to reach that you know, highest level of your potential um, in this business? My dad. I came from a theater family, acting family, TV family. My dad's in the business, has been in the business since the 50s. And growing up around that, you know, I grew up seeing a lot of theater. I grew up doing a lot of theater. I mean, just right out the womb, I was in a dance class when I was two with my sister and acting, singing, you name it. Um, and as I've gotten older, you know, now like I'm in the business and like you could, me and my dad are peers, you know, he's retired, but he's heavily involved in the motivation for me every day as to like why I do what I do or making him proud, making myself proud, seeing what it is. Oh, like he used, he did this too. Let me do that and more. Or, you know, it just, it's been helpful because when you're striving for a career that someone else in your family has already done and has done successfully, it just makes it that much more fun and attainable because that amount of support and and he really really admires me he doesn't say it all the time you know it's like that you know dad vibes but um he just wants the best for me and and when i booked mama mia on broadway i remember he was like okay and i'm kind of throwing him under the bus right now but he was like okay so you're just in the, you're in the ensemble and i was like yeah he's like okay cool next one will be a principal you know he just never it's just not that it's never good enough but it's always cool great now what's the next best thing what's the next way you can grow and I think for a while there I used to 
I, I, I kind of dug at the fact that he was like that with me, but now I'm in a place where he just sees the best for me and he just wants and, and sees me being, you know, the next Steven Spielberg or the next, uh, Michael Bennett. That's what he always says. He's like, I know it's in you, you know, it's in me and, or in yourself. And like, I think now I'm in a place where I'm really inviting that in and I'm really grateful that he's one still around to be giving me all those pointers. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to have like an Oscar or Emmy speech where I'm like, this is for you, dad. You know, I think I would love that. I think he would love that. Ian Paget, you have just been sitting in your seat and the current uh, award presenter is up there and they say, and the Tony goes to Ian Paget. Ian Paget stands up, his jaw is dropped, his pearly whites are smiling, his beloved friends and family are around, he hugs and kisses, he goes up to that stage, he says, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, I've just gotten a Tony on Broadway, and then he says, what? Um, I would like to thank the committee, no, um, I, I think I would be in such an awe, but I ideally would say thank you to my incredible family for supporting me throughout all of this. Um, thank you to my friends, my tribe that are around me every day, to all my teachers, to all my fellow actors around me. I, it is a privilege to do what we get to do and the fun we get to have. And I am so honored that the work and storytelling that I, you know, if I'm being if I'm winning an award for, let's say, playwriting, this play meant a lot to me because it is me. And I am just so happy that it has been received in the way that it has. And I look forward to creating more incredible art and helping change the world and just inspiring actors to do what we love. That was awesome. That was very precise, too. I don't think they would have played the music on you and made you get off the stage. But, yeah, if you're listening, like, uh, yeah, we're being silly in a sense, but you need to do that. You need to do that. Uh, when you are chasing something, you have to see it. If you don't see it on that day-to-day -day basis, whether you're even close to it or not, Chances are, you know, you're not going to get there. You're going to give yourself some reason or some excuse or explanation why you should veer off and just, you know, you turn it and 180 it right then and there. When you're in that gym and you're looking in that mirror and you're still 30, 40 pounds overweight or you're still uh, a little flabby here, a little flabby there, or you're still not able to make it through your finale dance number without feeling gassed, you need to see yourself nailing that finale. You need to see yourself walking into that audition room 30 pounds lighter and looking like the amazing person that you are and the talent that you have to match with it. And you need to be saying that Tony speech in your mind um, because it's the craziest of people that are willing to say, I can do this, that do it. If you're out there just hoping for the chance or wishing or saying, you know, if it comes around, it ain't coming around. So I can't uh, push that enough as well as what Ian's saying to like, you got to see it, you got to believe it, and you just 
got to keep chasing it. And like Ian's saying, you have to be specific. Be intentional with those goals. If I could give like one piece of advice to actors who are either just joining the business, who have been in the business, I think what's been super helpful for me, um, I would say think of that dream, think of that imagined future that you see for yourself and write it down. Be specific. Talk about the day. Talk about how when you wake up, you're going to put on that tux that Armani lends you, the limo drive, the getting out, the red carpet. What did you write? What is what is the notoriety you're getting for what project? And live that every day or as much as you want until it becomes a reality because that is how you do that. That's how anybody who has become what they've become or been successful at either being on Broadway, being in a movie, being an artist, a singer, is they believed that imagined future so hard that they made that imagined future a reality. All right. I think that'd be uh, the one to end it on. So thanks to Ian for being on episode one of Built for the Stage podcast, my Frankenstein. Maybe not my first fitness client ever, but definitely my first built for the stage client where the intent was to really prepare actors to uh, match their Broadway talent with their Broadway body. So thanks so much, Ian, for being on the show. As always, it's been a pleasure to uh, just be with you and and chat with you. You're such an awesome human, and uh, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm excited for people to hear more of this and hear more of what you have to say. Um, So yeah, thanks for having me. And that'll do it for episode one of the Built for the Stage podcast with our guest Ian Paget. To follow up more on Ian, you can check him out on the Insta at Ian Paget underscore. That's I-A-N-P-A-G-E-T underscore. Of course, please subscribe to this podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at Built for the Stage. And check out our website, www.builtforthestage.com. All right, until the next episode, I wish you the best in getting one day closer to matching your Broadway talent with your Broadway body. I'm It's Me Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.